jingle bells. But you gotta make only music that they aren't singing. Just me. Who's they? In the music. Oh, oh, you mean instrumental jingle bells? Yeah, instruments. Okay. In the meantime, can you tell us your Bible verse? Okay. A savior has been born. He is Christ. Luke two eleven. <sighs> <laughs> are you excited to sing? Okay, we are on KWWZ Portland, and we have a very special guest on our radio show today. She is four years old. She's wearing a very pretty pink dress, and now she's gonna sing. What are you gonna sing, Monroe? Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Okay, are you ready? Okay, one, two, three. Three. Jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is to ride in one of those open sleigh? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is to ride in one of those open sleigh? Dashing through the snow in one of those open sleigh. Over the hills we go, walking all the way. Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits ride. One is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun is to ride in one horse open sleigh. Oh, what fun is to ride in one horse open sleigh. <laughs> Okay, Sissy. Why did baby Jesus come to earth? Because he was born in Mary's tummy. So did he come out of Mary's tummy? Yes. Where was he born? In the manger. In a manger. Who was with Mary when Jesus was born? Joseph. Who else was with Mary? The animals and the fairies, <laughs> the shepherds, <laughs> the wise men. The angels, maybe. I don't know if there's fairies. Why do we celebrate Jesus on Christmas? Because that's what Christmas is all about. That's right. Christmas is all about Jesus. I know. So what did Jesus come to do on Christmas? Save us. Save us. That's right. What did he save us from? Mm, the Bergens. <laughs> the Bergens. <laughs> the Bergens. Well, I'm sure everyone listening here has seen trolls. But my kids love to play Bergens and chase each other around the house. Uh, like a Bergen from Trolls is chasing <laughs> them. Don't you? You guys love to play Bergens, huh? Okay, Monroe, why do we give each other presents on Christmas? When people don't have a home or a house, we get them one. Yeah, yeah. If some little boys or little girls don't have a home or um, they don't have any presents, we should help them, huh? Because that would really bring them probably a lot of joy. What's your favorite part of Christmas, Sissy? Um, Celebrating Jesus' birthday. That is my favorite part, too. He is really special. What do you want for Christmas, baby girl? A fluffy rainbow unicorn. Oh, from Santa? Yeah. 
Do you think he's going to bring you a fluffy rainbow unicorn? Yep. All right, you guys, I've got my hubby here, Jeff Marsh. We sat in the cabin and chatted and talked about Christmas and life and all that the Lord has done in this season. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. We love you guys. We truly do. We are so thankful. I know I am so thankful to just be here in this platform sharing our hearts with you and we pray that you have an incredible Christmas season with your family that you guys see the Lord in this season and the little stuff the big stuff and everything in between you guys know the in between stuff the day to day and we are so so blessed to be sitting here this Christmas season with you guys so enjoy Merry Christmas we're so thankful for all of you I had the pleasure of shooting for the NFL Network and they did a a piece on Drew Bledsoe do you know what um team he played for of the Seahawks, maybe? I don't know. No. The Patriots. Yes, actually. I, okay. It was probably back there in my memory somewhere. Okay. Well, and he also played at Wazoo. Right. I remember that. Took him to the Rose Bowl and stuff. Anyways, he is now into wine. He has Doubleback Winery in Waller Waller, Washington. They have this, this wine that's extraordinarily popular. It's their Cab Sauv wine. It's their signature wine. They've won like awards all over the world. Anyway, so they are so, they've been sold out since like May, and this shoot was in October. So we asked if they had any secret stash, and they did. So they gave us gave us a bottle. Cheers to us. I've been saving it for this Christmas podcast episode. <laughs> this is a really fancy occasion, you guys. Yeah, actually, I just we had barely even hit record, and we were already arguing. So I decided that we should drink some wine. <laughs> so that was Jeff. Huh? No, it was not. You blame it all on me. The cheers to us. Anyways, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. I haven't been on a podcast in since like April, so it's kind of has it been kind of weird since April. Yeah. You just took all of your skills and talents that you learned in your previous podcast and brought it to my show. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's been well. Your your podcast, it's been awesome. See how it's grown and how many people are following along and the messages that you get are pretty pretty incredible yeah they're awesome just i mean you didn't you get like somebody message you from australia or something that's cool to see to see your ministry thanks doing so well thanks babe so what did you uh what was your vision for this christmas bonus okay <laughs> for for you simpson fans every time I, I hear the words Christmas and bonus together. I always think of Mr. Smithers because he was Homer's boss and he was the cheapest man on the planet. And so when it came time to give out Christmas bonus, he decided to give out Christmas bonai, which is <laughs> a singular bonus, which is like the sm- smallest bonus that you could possibly get. So I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. I wasn't really either, but <laughs> in high or, yeah, in high school, I started watching it. Well, thanks for coming on my Christmas bonus show, babe. Yeah, this is fun. This is this is going to be super fun. So we just wanted to chat with you about the upcoming holiday season and all that's been going on in our worlds and hopefully just have some fun. We're in the cabin. Yes. It used to be my cabin. 
I have kind of overtaken it a little bit, but it still resembles jeffmarshstudios.com. <laughs> I think that link is still live. I'm not sure, but this was actually kind of cool. You did a FaceTime class today with our friends, the Boschkos, who live in Southern California. So you did two. You did one, two days. Yeah, I did. I did two, two evenings, two and a half hours, two nights in a row, and we did a FaceTime childbirth class, which was super fun because I obviously couldn't transport myself very easily or efficiently um, to Los Angeles. So it was super fun to sit here and hang out and feel like I got to be a part of their story a little bit, a teeny tiny bit, but I think it was helpful for them and I sure had a lot of fun. And so, yeah, I've kind of overtaken your cabin a little bit here and there. It's okay. It still certainly resembles you for sure. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll have my own studio in the backyard. Someday. Oh man, you, we taught, you taught a class on Friday. We were up in Shoreline for one of uh one of elisa's clients the guy produces music for commercials and television shows and feature films and stuff and he turned his shed into the most epic sound studio i've ever seen i don't think he would call it a shed though well it used to i mean it was kind of like a pole barn sort of thing it's but pretty it's, legit it's really nice super legit like a full-on professional sound studio and i, I thought i was walking into like a garage but it was, yeah, it was nice. Yeah, super awesome. How's Christmas season going? <laughs> I'm going to interview you. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm hijacking this. I wrote all the questions and Jeff's like, going to just steal the thunder. Okay. Okay. No, I mean, it's been busy, obviously, as you know. Um, I think every year I look back and I'm like, that went like way faster than I wanted it to, way crazier than I wanted it to be. Especially last year was a really last Christmas season with Indy's like allergic reaction and craziness. We ended up taking an ambulance right to the hospital with our now two-year-old just about a week before Christmas. So that was pretty intense for us in the Marsh family. And then I'm looking at this year and it still feels pretty intense in different circumstances. So just trying to kind of take a pause and soak it all in. I finished my, you know, kind of my last day of work today. So I'll have a little break until Christmas and just trying to really kind of soak it in. You know, everybody says that just time goes by faster the older you get and, you know, time goes by faster when you have kids. And so it's hard to, I really find it hard to just be in the moment. Yeah. Really hard to be in the moment. Yeah. Be in the present. Okay. So let's jump into some of those like Christmas questions because these are fun. Okay. Okay. Jeff, what was your favorite childhood Christmas tradition that you like loved and you can remember? I have a favorite tradition and then I have a favorite memory. Okay, sure. Maybe a couple favorite memories, but Okay, well. My the one tradition that we continue to do that we did when I was a kid, which is absolutely my favorite, is Christmas Eve fondue. I knew you were going to say that one. <laughs> it's the best. And and some of you uh some of you've been we don't... I don't think Damon listens to my podcast. No, I know. But... I'll make sure he listens to this. So, <laughs> my friend Damon, he lives in Austin now. We get down on Christmas Eve we with, do. with some fondue. And actually, Christmas Eve is in like four days. I know. I'm not really, I haven't really mentally like made that connection. So, yet. I know. I realized that today. So, I'm like, I need to start hydrating and doing calisthenics because it literally is an Olympic event. Like if they had food Olympics, our fondue feast 
Yeah, you gotta hydrate. We don't do just like like we do the whole thing. It's not just cheese and bread. It's it's everything. It's the cheese, the bread, the vegetables, and then we do steak and chicken. And there's sauces for everything. Sometimes we do like shrimp or seafood. Sometimes there's like sweet potatoes. I mean, there's a whole lot of like sodium. (laughs) I know know every, I always know that Christmas morning is here because I wake up really early in the morning and I feel like somebody dumped sand in my mouth. (laughs) I'm so thirsty and so tired. My eyes, I have a hard time like peeling my eyes open, but that's a sign of a good, a good Christmas Eve. A good fondue. Just a ton of fondue. I was really proud of myself. I really didn't overdo it last year. Usually like I can, I can overdo it. I had some such great restraint last year. Like I woke up feeling great in the morning. <laughs> Maybe you should try that. Uh, restraint. Don't um, be the last person at the table, babe. No, that I well, you get a medal for it. <laughs> I think it was two years. I saw on Facebook. I've never actually seen a medal. I saw on Facebook in the memory thing. I think we did it a couple of days before Christmas, a few years ago, and I I said that I ate for four straight hours. <laughs> this is so gross. It's so good, though. Oh, it's so man. good. Okay, so that was your favorite tradition. Yeah. What was your favorite memory you wanted to share? I think it was 1993 or four. We rented a huge cabin in Sun River, and my whole entire family, all my cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, everybody was there. And our moms like to do things like plays and <laughs> shows and stuff like that. And we're, you know, trying to get a, a bunch of... You're 12. Yeah. (laughs) So we decided to do the 12 days of Christmas skit. And so each person, most of us had a partner because there was quite a few of us. You get assigned a day and then you'd have to come up with like what happened on on that day. So my cousin and I, we dressed up. That was the the year that Coolio's song Gangster's Paradise (laughs) was like a hit from from the movie Dangerous Minds. Anyway, so I... Did the best that I could to dress up like Coolio, <laughs> which is and then my cousin. Really <laughs> I know Coolio. my cousin Titus. Uh, he was I can't remember the other guy who sang in that in that song. So we both dressed up, but the best part of the whole thing was <laughs> my my uncle Ron, who is such an awesome uncle. He literally is Willie Nelson incarnate. He is. He looks exactly. I know. Like I Willie can Nelson. attest to that. He is Willie Nelson's. And so he, Irish Nelson's, <laughs> plural. <laughs> anyway, so he looks like Willie Nelson. And so, of course, he dressed up like Willie Nelson. And I happened to find that photo the other day. So, so I sent it to him. And I said, uh, can we can we reenact it? Anyways, you have to post a picture on your, on your socials. Because he actually kind of looks like a creepy Willie Nelson. <laughs> so, it, yeah, that was, that was, a, that's a pretty good, pretty good memory. That's awesome. My favorite memory with with you when we went to that Natchez cabin. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. It's the first time we like went somewhere on Christmas. We woke up Christmas morning, you know, out of the county. Right. Yeah, that was fun. Monroe was like Oh man. Tiny and teething. She was, she was and... six months old and just screamed. Yeah, that I, I could I don't think that was my favorite memory, but I think it was more because I was up all night with the teething. Six-month-old baby. And we went there because we wanted to, like, have a white Christmas. And it rained. No, it was, like, 60 and and sunny. Oh, yeah. Because it's east of the mountains. some rain, though. What about you? What's your favorite Christmas Christmas memory? One thing that was really fun um, that we looked forward to as kids is 
Um, so my dad's friend would call the phone, you know, and pretend to be Santa <laughs> and talk to us. And we just thought it was the coolest thing, like being able to talk to Santa and actually like tell him what we wanted, like on the phone from the North Pole. Like that was so cool. I remember loving that as and a kid. How old were you? I have no idea. Probably eight. Eight. I don't know. So that means you still believed in Santa when you were Oh, eight? yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Didn't everyone? Oh, my gosh. Yes, totally. 100%. Like, I was probably old. Old enough to be like, eh, it's kind of fishy, but I loved it every year. Like, it was f- super fun. And then one of my favorite things was just decorating the tree with my mom. But I loved decorating the tree with her and getting everything out and, and setting that up was kind of like something we saved to do together, yeah. which was which was pretty fun. And then Christmas morning every year, my parents had a family friend who did this gigantic pancake feed. Every you year. You love pancakes. I, you love your pancakes. I just love my breakfast foods. <laughs> I just, I think it's just how my parents raised me to love breakfast foods. But we would go to um, this family friend's house every year. It's just a regular old house. And they would put like cardboard tables throughout the whole house and just feed people pancakes and eggs and breakfast food for free for hours. And just every Christmas, they filled their house with all these people who ever wanted to come would just sit and eat pancakes and eggs and breakfast food. I feel like this is kind of the first year Monroe. I mean, she's always been excited about Christmas, but she like really is embracing like yes. the traditions and stuff. And she just loved decorating the tree. It was so fun to just see how sentimental she was and like careful with the ornaments. Yeah, that was pretty fun to and see And then of her. course, Indy would come through like a wrecking ball, <laughs> knock, <laughs> knock half of them off the tree and break I them. But. Yeah, she had a lot of fun decorating the tree. That was a fun thing. So those are some of my fun, I guess, Christmas, Christmassy type memories. When my grandma Johnson was alive, we would always go um, to Christmas Eve at her house and open presents with good old grandma Dorothy. And she'd make some kind of like beef, situ- you know, beef stew. <laughs> beef situation. Beef situation. <laughs> it was like a stew. And I, yeah, it got... It, it just deteriorated as the years went on. It <laughs> the, the quality of the, <laughs> the beef. The quality of everything kind of, you know. You when don't want sour beef. It was just, Christmas. yeah. Yeah. So those were some pretty fun memories. Okay. My favorite Christmas memory with your family. Oh, this dear. is This is classic. I think you guys had a long tradition of going, like getting a permit and going out into the yes. woods. And oh, yeah. Yeah. Going and getting a tree. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So I think... I only remember twice. doing it once. <laughs> Didn't it really? And it was good that it, st- it stopped after that because all I remember, we went went way out up uh, 410, kind of by Mount Rainier, and looking for the perfect Christmas tree, the Griswold Christmas tree. Yeah, it's like the Charlie Brown Christmas tree, but you're like digging through the snow. It was like, like, it was like three feet of snow that we're yeah, chomping through. Yeah, up to your waist. And having like 10 different personalities all try to agree on this one no, this one is <laughs> this one ugly tree. this one is the perfect tree and it it's like looks like a twig with like two needles on it and you're like this is all the selection we have and, and we were we were out there for oh, we were out hours. there for way too long like two hours everybody started getting hungry so we finally like settled on maybe not the best the best option on our way home we we're somewhere in enumclaw and i realized i was the only person that was awake in the whole vehicle, your family, everybody just falls asleep. It's just yeah, turn the motor thing. on and everybody falls asleep. 
The only thing was, I was not the one driving. I was sitting in the back seat, and I realized I'm the only one awake. And so I had to holler and say, hello, driver, (laughs) (laughs) please, please wake up. And uh, yeah, so we, that was terrifying. And we never did the Griswold Christmas tree hunt again. again. We went to the farm and hunted at the farm. And that was awesome. Do you think our kids still believe in Santa? I feel like, you know, knowledge is like. They're four and two. I know, but you know, I don't feel like, like you asked Monroe what her favorite thing about Christmas is. She's like, Santa Mike. Which she is our friend Mike. She doesn't say Santa Mike. Yes, she did. Like a few days ago when I was laying with her in bed, I said, what's your favorite Christmas memory? She goes, Santa Mike. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it's our friend Mike who lives in our neighborhood. Maybe she knows. And he dressed up as Santa and he, he came over last year and he walks in the door and Monroe, <laughs> Monroe looks at me and she goes, Dad, I'm pretty sure that's Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, yeah, she definitely knew that was Mike. But I think she believes in Santa. For sure. Even after, I mean, we've taken her to see four different Santas. <laughs> four different Santas, yes. I think she has this idea that, like, the Santa that she's seeing is not actually the real Santa, but there is a real Santa. Okay, okay so when did you first find out or figure out that Santa wasn't real? My dad has very distinct handwriting, and he would write the letters from Santa to us. I just remember one year looking at this the note from santa and thinking dad are you santa (laughs) i don't know if i cried or not but that was i'm pretty sure that was the moment where i was like okay i'm old enough now it's probably probably time to let let go of this uh santa thing how old were you i was probably seven that's so young really i feel like that's old oh i I feel like kids need to hold on to santa for as long as possible because it's like holding on to your childhood innocence yeah. I feel like the world just takes so much from them. I'm like, at least let them have Santa. I mean, look at Charlie from uh, uh, Santa Claus, Santa Claus movie. Yes, Santa he's Claus probably, movie. He's probably six or seven. Oh, he's probably older than that, like 10. No. In the original Santa Claus? You think he's 10? I think he's I like at we'll least We'll have to Google 10. it. Somebody Google We're it. We're going to find that out. Call okay. in. All right. So I first discovered that Santa wasn't real. When I was helping my mom um, with some Christmas presents. So my mom would kind of organize all the presents. And so when when she was done wrapping yours, you got to come in and help her wrap everyone else's. Mm. And so I was helping her wrap my si- one of my siblings' presents. And he had gotten a bike. And she was like, come in the garage and help me with this. And there was a tag uh, on the bike. And it said, you know, to Jordan... And I'm standing there right next to her. And she writes, from Santa. (laughs) And I was like, Mom? (laughs) And she was like, oh, well, um, I'm Santa. And I was like, Mom. But, you know, there was definitely clues over a period of time where, you know, the notes from Santa would come from, you know, my dad's company's letterhead in his handwriting. And I was like, um... (laughs) Things like that. So, but I was, I was probably like nine. Okay. What's like one value or belief or kind of ideal about Christmas that you think is really important to pass on to our kids? Well, it's not something that we, that I grew up doing. It really is along the lines of like service and, and volunteering and giving. And both my parents were in the 
emergency medical fields. My mom was a nurse. My dad was a paramedic and they helped people for, for a living. Um, and so that, that's kind of one of the values that they, they passed along to me. That's really important. But now that, now that we have kids, I'm constantly, especially around Christmas, thinking of ways to teach my kids how to serve and how to, to give, you know, of themselves to others. And, you know, especially, I mean, Monroe's four. And so she's very much like really embraced Christmas but she also like every moment that I come in the door, she's like, "Dad, did you bring me a surprise today?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh gosh, okay." She thinks, you know, every day that she's gonna get a surprise or a present. I, I just don't. I'm not afraid that they're she's gonna like grow up and be entitled, but I just know that at this age, it's very important to teach them those kinds of things because yeah. when they get older, it's just gonna kind of be ingrained in them. So there's a few things that I'd like us to do this Christmas or holiday season just to to serve and to give and to show show our kids that it's not just about them getting gifts but it's also you know the saying it's like better to give than to receive and so just to show them that a it's good to give and b that there's a lot of people that don't get to celebrate Christmas the way that they do what about you well I, I definitely I think maybe more into the, the teenage years in our family, like we were into lists. You write down everything that you could have ever possibly wanted and you send a link and you take a screenshot and you like make a Word document and you send it. You still do that. I still do that. <laughs> I still like... It's no mystery what Elise wants no for Christmas. It's no mystery. I could always at any given time tell you five things I would like for gifts <laughs> at any point in the, in the year. I don't know. It's just, I think as a teenager, it was like, you know, you would hope to get a certain thing. Like, oh, I really hope that, you know, mom gets me this one thing on my Christmas list. Like that would be so awesome if I got this one thing this year. And I think just learning to maybe, I think I'm, I still like lists, but I think maybe just toning it down a bit. (laughs) Yes, maybe toning it down a bit. Just really getting back to the heart of like why you give a gift in the beginning of it all. Like why do we actually give a gift and giving a gift to bring joy to the other person because that's going to make them happy or bring them joy. I mean to, to give a gift because you want to see the other person find joy and yeah. not because it's just something on their list right. that you maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like really seeking the other person's good above it all yeah first um and not just checking a box and getting something off of a list or something like that but spending some time thinking about being an, an intentional gift giver i am terrible at that i'm so bad at that like every year on your birthday i have no idea and just and that goes for anyone like i just no idea what to give people because i think i don't know i think i just grew up to send me a list i'll buy it like <laughs> whatever you tell me great sounds awesome like make it easy for me and i think i just i never developed that skill of thinking outside of yourself enough to be like what would this person find joy in or yeah. find satisfaction in and so i think as far as christmas goes really trying to teach our kids to think, okay, what would, you know, what would this person want? What would your brother like love to get for Christmas? Like, what does he like to do? What would be something fun for him that you could just bring joy to his day? Um, so I think that's 
something that I would want our kids to to learn. Obviously, Jesus, that's a given. You know, Christmas is about Jesus at the end of the day. That's the end of the story. But that'd be one thing. I, I think it just takes a lot of intentionality. The busier the busier we get, the less time we have to be intentional. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's true. When I was listening to John and Lisa Bevere's podcast this week called Christmas Matters. Yeah. And they talked about the pressure that gets put on people to like give gifts. Yes, and, I listened to that you as know, well. If, if somebody gives you a $50 gift, you feel like you have to reciprocate. Right. Even if you don't even have $50 in the bank, you will forfeit groceries to go buy a $50 gift to pay them back. When at the end of the day, I don't, I think people, they don't care about the value of the gift or how much it costs or anything like that. I think it's the intentionality carries, carries the cost. They know that you spent the time and the effort and did something that was thoughtful. You know, I grew up making, making lists too, but I hate making lists because I, I would much rather you buy me something that you know that I want, I've always wanted, or I've been thinking about getting, just knowing that you almost kind of out, out thought me. And I'll say you crushed it for my birthday this year, which, which was awesome because you got me two things that I had never mentioned that I wanted, but I loved them. Whiskey rocks. I didn't even know they existed, but they're like (laughs) rocks and you put them in the freezer and then you put them in your whiskey. Yes, they and that was your, awesome. They keep your drink cold yeah. without disrupting the quality of the whiskey. Yeah, it doesn't water it down, which is genius. And so that was awesome. And then you got me a really cool topo hat. I did from that. Colorado. To me, that was the best. Like, if we were to rate <laughs> gifts, which I don't, but if we were, like, you you killed it because I never once said I wanted either one of those things, and they're both things that I I love and I use and. Yeah, and I'm just thinking like there could be you know families out there who are like no. Get me what's on the list. Click the link. Click <laughs> the freaking link. And I want exactly what I knew I want. And that makes me feel loved. So I think it's just a matter of like understanding the love languages in your family too. Yeah. And really communicating that to your kids of like, okay, how can, I think at the end of the day, how can you make this person feel loved yep. is what we're getting at. This year we've had some moments where finances were tight. And so one of the things that we did just to save a few bucks because our kids have a birthday party like every other weekend is we have our kids make the birthday cards and we do that. and every party that we go to our kid is usually the only one that actually handmade a birthday card and they spent time like drawing pictures of horse butts and putting <laughs> random stickers <laughs> on there and then you wrap it up stick it in the, there the gift go. and and to save $7, people. Yeah. Hallmark <laughs> cards are so expensive, which by the way, <laughs> my grandpa, whenever you gave him a present, the first thing he would do is flip the card over and make sure it was a Hallmark card. And if it wasn't, he, <laughs> he would not even open the card. I have no idea where he got that from. It's still the weirdest thing on the planet. Maybe that's where your mom gets her obsession with the Hallmark channel. It could be. But you've seen my mom. I mean, my mom crushes it with cards they're if you've also never homemade s- maybe that's where it, you get the homemade card thing well i don't i don't make homemade cards i hate i hate cards <laughs> you just force i think your cards children are to. so dumb but <laughs> that's a whole separate gonna, issue yeah, unless you're gonna make your own cards which i think is great but my mom she it doesn't matter how related you are to her or what occasion it is she makes a book 
out of pictures and like clippings from magazines and she tells all these stories and writes super thoughtful things and it's literally as thick as like a small encyclopedia yes it is a and book. she makes like she probably makes like 30 i don't know 30 a year it's pretty cool but i think you're right like you have to know love languages yeah you know some people just like you want you send me a list i know i better shop from the list <laughs> and sometimes i do but sometimes i like go off grid well i think of things that i know that you could use and you, sure. you don't necessarily you didn't even know it existed or something like that but yeah okay what were maybe one or two highs from 2017 and one or two lows from 2017 that you might want to share you're trying to keep this short no maybe <laughs> we should just wrap it up that's probably enough christmasy things no whatever Okay. I'm ready to go. Okay, We gosh. haven't even finished our first glass of wine. I know. This is supposed really to be like hard. a 20-minute podcast. No, I know. Talking a long time. If people don't want to listen, they turn it off. <laughs> or or you can do like Sean does, my friend Sean. You just put it on like two times speed. Yes, I've done that before. I can't do that. I can't, I can't focus. Sometimes you get a podcast that's like a slow-paced podcast. Like yeah. there's a lot of pauses yeah. in between the words. And so you can put it on the times too and then it just sounds normal yeah well i won't i won't give you a super long winded answer one of my highs this year was the love sack okay the love sack was probably one of my highs as well that was great the one that was actually amazing i know it was we should just leave it at that no okay you have to explain the love <laughs> okay. sack okay so for our anniversary we don't really we're terrible at like doing overnighters together and getting away we just it's just hard that's that's just our we have excuse. two toddlers we, it's just hard we did a lot better before we had kids but well yeah anyway it shouldn't be an excuse but it is so that's the only overnighter we've done this whole year it was is. for our anniversary in March. Our anniversary went to Suncadia and we spent two nights there. And one of the days we did a spa day, which is like my ultimate favorite thing ever. <laughs> and we literally like spent half the day in a bathrobe lounging on this thing called a love sack. And you guys are going to have to Google it because it's pretty amazing. It's like a gigantic it's probably a beanbag the size of this entire cabin. It's like which, the size of a horse laying down. It's huge. And we just lounged on it. Oh, And they all brought day. us food. Like, yes. Fed us olives and we got a couple's massage. and It was so amazing. Went from one hot tub to the next to the next. Oh, it was so that was, great. That was a high. That was that was one of my highs too. That was pretty awesome. We had, so we, this, this is our seventh, well, that was our seventh anniversary. So I guess it's our eighth year, but we've always been told or heard that your seventh year of marriage is the hardest. We wanted to, to do something that kicked the year off right, and we spent some time writing goals and talking about life, which we don't usually do enough. The love sack was great. Okay, so what's one low? We've had a lot of lows, but I've spent much of my life trying to, to get a, a good picture of when Jesus talks about picking up your cross and following Jesus, which basically is like getting to the very, very end of yourself. I've spent 34 years trying to figure out what that, what does it mean to like really get to the end of yourself? And I'm kind of, you know, I think a lot of guys are like fix-it guys and we're doers and you, you give us a task and, and we do it. And so I, I'm always like trying to work myself out of whatever mess I've gotten myself in. And in this season, I felt like he's really been teaching me to do less to hustle less and to just to trust and be patient. 
you know, I would say maybe a month ago, I felt like I really did finally get to the end of myself, which isn't pleasant. There's nothing pleasant about that because you realize just how helpless and hopeless you are without Jesus. And in that moment, he came with open arms to, I guess, better paint that picture. I really, I finally got to the point where I felt like I just like had to say, help, I cannot do this do this on my own. I can't I can't do life the way that I'm doing it completely on my own trying to do it myself, which is basically putting me as God. So once I finally like basically raised the white flag and said help, I can't do that. He showed me like you have now reached the end of yourself. Now pick up your cross and follow me. And in that, Jesus showed up in so many different ways through friends and family and people that we don't really even know that well i would say it i would say it's a high because as as challenging as this year has been you know right out the gate my parents house burned down by like january 23rd i i posted on facebook like this year has been absolutely psychotic like i feel like it's been an entire year already right and it's only the 23rd of january little did i know yeah how crazy this year would be yeah and it's been it's been a lot of life a whole ton of lows but in that looking back i can i can see how god has he literally does work everything for the good and it's so hard to see that in the moment but if you can look back and and see that it i guess it gives you some faith some faith to move forward and so i guess the high is just how how god has shown up in various ways in different people and relationships and yeah and conversations and you know the last i would say the last two weeks has been as rich as life has ever been there's not to me there's nothing more important than sitting down with somebody and just talking about life yeah and not like glossing over like you really get down to the to the junk because i think that's when you see that's where you see god working you see yourself yeah too yeah it's a lot of self-realization yeah. But God doesn't work he doesn't work on the surface. Like he he gets to the core. It's been really good, but it's this year has by far been the hardest year. And it seventh year of marriage. <laughs> they were right. They were right. But we're you know, I'm thankful that we're good and we've you know, we've made the conscious effort to be unified and to have good people in our lives and be in an incredible marriage group, which has been awesome. We go to counseling. People think like if you go to counseling you're just broke and you can't fix yourself. I think you should go to counseling every yeah. year. Like yeah. you get an oil change for your car. Your car's not broke. It just needs an oil change. Yeah, that's good. Okay, you ready for my highs and lows? Yeah. Okay, so my high, well, the love sack. It's definitely like way high up there. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. And then I think one of my highs is definitely like starting the podcast for sure. It's definitely been like a dream of mine for a long time. And I know that it probably wouldn't have ever happened if, you know, certain things wouldn't, wouldn't have aligned in our lives in the season and, you know, definitely without your help. And I mean, the technology still every week, like kind of freaks me out and makes me nervous. It gives it me anxiety. Every week. It just something happens yeah. every week that's like random and fluky. And I'm like, Jeff, what do I do? And you're just you seem to handle it and manage it. And so I'm thankful for that, but definitely 
just the people I've been able to meet and the stories I've been able to hear have definitely been a highlight. And then, gosh, just our, our community and our village and our friends have been just incredible in this last year for sure. I think definitely, I don't know, it just feels much more prominent, I guess you could say, as a high than in years past. And I think it's just solely th- not that they weren't amazing in, in other years. I think when you're in a place where you have nothing to give, like mm-hmm. you as a friend have nothing to contribute to that relationship, but that your friends and your family love you unconditionally yeah. when you have nothing to give them in return is just so a really humbling and b just makes you feel the love of Jesus like nothing else. Yeah. So that's been a big high. Lows. Golly. Um oh I so okay, one more high. Um my clients this year have been amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't know what is up, but I have just had like the best clients. Like people who are just gosh, I feel like they make me better and have really enriched my life. And I feel just blessed to have known them and been a part of their story. And it it hasn't always been like that. I haven't always felt like that in all seasons. And just this last year has been, that's just been a rich, like, just like a little icing on the cake. It feels like when it doesn't have to be like that, but it is. And so I'm really thankful, really thankful for that. And you've had, I mean, you've, You've had a lot of, well, some of our closest friends now are your past, you know, your past clients. So, yeah, I mean, you've always had some, some awesome clients, but yeah. it, it's been, it, it has been, I hate the word client. I don't like, I just, I call them friends cause they're, it seems like a lot of them just turn into friends. Yeah, and, they and do. Their Christmas card is hanging on our wall and yeah. I go, I go hiking overnight with some of, you know, a couple of the guys that I would have never hung out with unless you you know, you were their doula. Yeah. And now, now they're close friends. So it's, I think that's, you know, you've always had great clients, but it has, you know, this year has been something a little bit different just because it's just one client after another that. Yeah. It's just been exceptional. Like I'm just like, gosh, yeah. My favorite clients are the ones who are like, just be my friend. I want to be your friend. Like, this is so awesome. So it's been pretty, pretty amazing this year. That's cool. Um, Lowe's, Gosh, there's been a lot of challenges. There's been a lot of challenges. Um, Finances and family dynamics and health stuff has been really tough. It's been tough. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely shown you. I guess it shows you what you're made of. (laughs) Yeah. And really just kind of is a great mirror of who you are and who the Lord is, I think in that season but yeah it's been we've had i would say it's one of the hardest years of my life the hardest years of our marriage and but at the same time one of the years that i think i'll look back on and say like this really defined who we were and who we are and who we want to become so yeah it's been good i heard good and hard heard in uh I think it was another podcast from John and Lisa Bevere. They're they're pretty great. I like their podcast because they're like 19 minutes. They don't ramble on like me. <laughs> yeah, I was like you. I was like wrap it up, babe. No, yeah, you hate when I start telling stories. Yeah, you tell the stories that get long, get winded, glossy eyed. Uh, they were talking about you know being in the wilderness and how most ministries start during a wilderness season. Yeah, like, you usually don't when you're on top of the world. You usually, 
well, it seems that more often than not, you're not starting a ministry. But when you're really going through the muck, that's when God is showing you like, this is right. who you are. This is what you're made of. And this is what I've, I've called you to do right. and what your purpose is. And, you know, I think both of you and I have struggled often thinking like we're going through a lot of this because there's unforgiven sin or we, we just keep making the same mistake over and over again. And I think we, we both realized this year that, you know, we're not going through the wilderness because we've sinned. I mean, we've all sinned, but it's because God refines us right. in that wilderness season. And then when you get on the outside of it, I mean, I'm, I'm a completely different person than, than I was three years ago when yeah. I felt like we really kind of entered into this season. You know, I, I would consider your your this podcast and the platform that you have a ministry because I see lives changing. You know, I've been doing a little bit more with Secret Life of Dad, which is just basically an Instagram account. And the whole purpose is just to show dads that they're not alone. And I really do it just for myself. Yeah. And if it happens to speak to somebody, that's great. That started, you know, I started that, I think, last year. During the middle of this wilderness season, God really just starts to refine and to show you who you are and what your true colors are. And it's cool to see how he turns the lows into highs. I just wish there was less lows. <laughs> well, there's 2018, fast approaching. Yeah. Well, thanks, babe, for sitting out here with me and chatting about our life and Christmas and yeah. all that. It's been fun. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, babe. Love you. Love you, too. The stars are brightly shining, it is the night of our dear.